Welcome to The Approach, a podcast where we help you walk with and pray for the next generation. My name's Connor Owen, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, John Reinheimer. And we work at World Gospel Mission, where we serve in about 30 different countries. Uh, John also is focusing his PhD right now on spiritual formation within Gen Z. And this is the second part of a three-part series that we've been working on. Uh, this uh, third part, the second part is on the topic of worry, but overall we're talking about hurry, worry, and distraction. And these three behaviors are what John calls the enemies of abiding. So John, before we jump into our topic today of worry, uh, let's do a brief recap. Can you just give us, uh, the folks listening and watching, why these three topics? What are you seeing in these three topics? Uh, why, are we, why are we taking time to talk about these things? Yeah, just a quick refresh. These are just kind of reoccurring broad categories, broad buckets of things that I just kind of see uh, over and over again in research as well as just you know, general observation. But, you know, there's arguably lots of <laughs> lots more and you can probably put a lot of things under these, but these are just kind of sure. uh, three I've seen and really connect with my heart and also just you know, in terms of spiritual formation too. And so, you know, it's just, you look at the statistics and studies and man, Gen Z especially is living a hurried pace of life a lot of things just structured uh, a lot of schedules and it, we all get stretched too thin and that's kind of what they've always grown up with same thing with you know that causes anxiety and worry and we know those those things as well and um and some of them are worrying about things we didn't ever have to in our generations um and then the easily distracted you know speaks for itself my phone netflix youtube all day long squirrel outside you know just whatever <laughs> it may be um and so those are just, uh, yeah, some of the big, big rocks or big categories when it comes to what is shaping spiritual formation in this generation that uh, I think are, are really significant. Sure. So I know some listening, uh, we've had this conversation um, throughout history. We've seen economic slumps, um, outbreaks of a disease, or maybe some issues as far as conflicts in other countries or wars. Why, though, does it feel like this is hit, hitting this generation, these types of things, why is it hitting them so differently? Some may be asking that as they're thinking about this topic of worry and anxiety. Yeah, I think one of the most significant factors is, I mean, it's probably just kind of flies past us because we're used to it now, but mm -hmm. this is the first generation to grow up completely with smart technology, mm -hmm. like to always have a smartphone. And like, that is pretty significant. Yeah, you know, even millennials before that still didn't quite have that. All like everybody didn't have that. Yeah, and so that's that shaped uh, just their everyday life. Even even how calendars are done in school, and where do you get answers from, and uh, what do I look at? <laughs> you know, uh, right. those kind of things. Um, and so, just kind of a recap, though, like of this generation, kind of thinking what else they've always kind of known is they've always known. TSA at the airport, legalized abortion and same-sex marriage and school shootings and economic and racial political unrest. But they've also seen a ton of amazing things, uh, just incredible inventions like self-driving cars and 3D printers and, dare I say, even private, uh, privatized uh, rockets to the moon. <laughs> just normal things. <laughs> just normal things. things. Like if you think about those shifts and the other generations had huge shifts too, like, sure. you know, electricity, big deal. Yeah. It just seems like you know, some have called the uh, kind of just the speed of the information. Mm. Uh, some have argued that the speed of information is doubling now rapidly. A hundred years ago, 
uh, one report I said uh, I found said that information doubled every hundred years. Okay. Eighty years ago, information doubled every twenty-five years. Okay. Forty years ago, information doubled every other year. Now, some are now saying information doubles every twelve to fourteen hours. Wow. If that's not enough to stir up some angst in people, you know, and it's like the amount of information you're taking in, it's just, you know, our brains weren't made for that. God didn't design it. We're just, we are wore out with the number of this things coming at us. And so the speed of information with the technological revolution, I think is just, it makes it harder. It's like we've all kind of gradually eased into it, us being the other generations. Sure. But this is what Gen Z has just grown up with. Yeah. So they are much more aware of the 24-7 news seed and all that stuff of what's going on in the world. And so that stuff's hitting them at a younger age, and it makes it hard for other generations to fully relate, I think, because they're like, well, yeah, it's just what happens. But every generation has challenges. I think they're being faced with them more frequently and I think a lot of times sooner. So that's a little bit of, I think, maybe why this is hitting them differently. Do you think there's anything we as parents or just those walking with the next generation, um, things we're doing differently or maybe things, ways we're shaping them that are, are, are making this hit them in a different way? Yeah, I think, I mean, there are also some really great things, right? Like yeah. now there's, you know, kids Bible apps that are walking you through like the meta narrative of scripture and it's really creative and like there's some awesome things happening too. But I also think with so much information and being aware of it, it's also helped, you know, this isn't new, but again, it's just parents, it's not new for parents to want to keep their kids safe. <laughs> right. But I think arguably that that's really increased, you know, the term helicopter parent or snowplow mm -hmm. parent. Those are terms we didn't necessarily have uh, in previous generations, or maybe they were there. We just did coin them that way. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think it just feels like things are somehow simultaneously easier and harder mm. and so parents don't know always how to wrestle with that right and of course you want what's best for your for your child or the the gen z or in your life but i, I love this that transition though in adulthood is it's really tricky i love how sociologist christian smith says it he says the transition to adulthood today is more complex disjointed and confusing than in previous decades these steps through schooling your first real job marriage parenthood they're all simply less well-organized and coherent than they were in previous generations. So just, he just kind of cites in his research, which he's done, he did like a 15-year study on the previous generation. He's out of Notre Dame. And uh, those complexities make it tricky for parents. The natural response is, I want to keep my kids safe. You know, I want right. to, of course, you know, who, no one, again, wants their kid to be hurt, but there is a certain amount of appropriate risk that starts stretching both their physical muscles mm. as well as spiritually uh, and decision-making, you know, and just learning to cross the street or going to the park or using the monkey bars or just some little things like that that we're not seeing quite as much, you know, kids playing in neighborhoods because so much is mm. scheduled or, or on a device. or And I'm not trying to hate on those things. I'm just saying those are uh, observations that I think we're seeing uh, some shifts that are a little bit different than other generations and you know i think it's it's possible you know if we're not careful as as adults and, and parents specifically that we, maybe we're, we have to be careful not to spend too much time protecting our children 
and make sure we're being intentional about how are we preparing them? What does that actually look like? Yeah, I think uh, Tim Omar says, you know, you're preparing the child for the road, not the road for the child. Yeah. And when I first heard that, I thought of all the times <clears throat> I do that. You know, I'm moving obstacles so they don't ever have to deal with it. Uh, but at the end of the day, my kid's still tripping over the shoe because I've I forgot to move at that time. Uh, but I should be telling them, look out for the shoe when you're walking. Um, and it, I think that feeds into things we're seeing, like one third of adolescents and adults talking about having uh, mental health issues or anxiety, a 12% rise in college students having anxiety from compared from 2011 to 2016. So in a five-year gap, you had a 12% increase there. And when we talk about these, you know, forming people or for people being formed, it, it makes me think of the great theologian Wally. Um, so it's this, it's the story where these, these people move to outer Wally space. Wally the movie, not like your not uncle Wally, Wally or something yeah, like that. Okay. This is the Cause I played volleyball with a Wally. He, oh, I love him a lot and he's not Good a bad guy. theologian, but this is not that Wally. You mean wall E. Wally. That was great. Was that good? Wow. I didn't I know you could do voices. Lot, okay. <laughs> so they moved to outer space and they get up there and you start to realize like their lives are great. They have all this technology, all these things they need to make life easier. Their bone mass, because they're in space, starts to shrink. They become way overweight because they're on these like electronic scooters moving them around from place to place. They have screens in front of them all the time, which was amazing. This was made in like 07, 08, before smartphones were like the big deal. Yeah. And you start to see these like people become essentially robots to where they couldn't think for themselves. And I wonder if sometimes that's, that's beginning to happen to us as far as spiritual formation and, and how we're shaping ourselves. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. One study I read, uh, Jean Twiggy at uh, San Diego State, uh, she has written several different books and done lots of studies on this, but she talked about uh, cell phones, smartphones specifically, became ubiquitous in 2013, meaning like everybody okay. or like about 75% of the population had them, including teenagers. Which is right in the middle of that increase we see in anxiety in college And students. that is, yeah, that same year, they saw a spike of like 75% increase mm. of people feeling anxious, being diagnosed with anxious or needing anxious medication. You know, these mental health things started to rise. And so, again, it's not saying that smartphones are evil necessarily. Or, right. But there are some things that happen when you start comparing yourself and you start feeling some angst or why am I not included in this or that? Mm. And so all of that, it starts forming us. That's spiritual formation, mm. uh, which is how am I being formed, ideally, into Christ-likeness, to be like Jesus. Sure. But in many times, it's what uh, James K.A. Smith talks about, cultural liturgies. Now, if you grew up like I grew up in this uh, great church, an old school church of liturgy kind of being like, I say this response, you read it back. So maybe right. you have like a, this is boring or lame. But <laughs> what he's saying is basically, what are the daily like things shaping my life. So he calls them cultural liturgies from what I'm taking in, viewing, listening, um, habits I'm forming or not forming, like all of that is actually shaping or maybe deforming. Yeah, shaping um, me into something. Right. And so is it creating or reforming my image in Christ's likeness or is it actually counterproductive to that? Well, yeah, that could cause some pretty serious angst in my life mm -hmm. if I'm if I'm not aware of all the things that are culturally shaping me. Um, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, we're we're being shaped 
in one way or the other, whether we're trying to or not. And then someone much smarter than me uh, turned me that, on that to this. That list is pretty long, though. Okay, easy now. All Sorry. right. <laughs> Let's hear your Wally voice again. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Keep going, please. <laughs> uh, the term uh, technocratic age was new to me. Um, and it was, uh, let me make sure I get it right, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs. We'll put this in the show notes for listeners. That is a great title. Um, he talks about the technocratic age, basically meaning that uh, instead of like all the things that we used to go to, not all, but many of the things we used to go to humans for, sure, we now go to technology for. Mm-hmm. And so he talks about like um, instead of like you know I uh, used to go to like when I was sad I would go to I would read a psalm or mm-hmm. pray or go talk to my pastor um, or a friend. Mm-hmm. But now if I'm like sad or depressed or anxious or worried, I may pop a pill or uh, go buy something out of my wish list <laughs> or, you know, or go eat something or sure. again, it's like, I get it. I'm not talking about extremes, but the technocratic age basically just means the things that I used to go to God and people for, I'm now going to technology for. Sure. And that has, that has some implications of forming or deforming mm. us and the next generation. And so, how can we be intentional with that is, I guess, my question. Yeah, and those things are, uh, when I buy a new pair of shoes on Amazon, feels really good. Uh, about a week from then, I'm, I'm as empty as I was before, maybe even more empty. My wallet is more empty I as well. I feel so old because like, I'm always dirty to buy shoes online. Like, is it going to okay. fit right? And then it's like, you know. Well, I, they, can't, they don't make my shoes in stores usually. So I have to, they laugh me out of shoe stores. Or they bring me like the one pair of all black you're assuming like, it's because of the shoes, right? Yeah. Okay, there we go. All okay. right. So, John, how does the enemy use, I think, all of these things, worry and anxiety, to maybe get this generation off of mission or, or create self-doubt within them? Uh, they begin questioning themselves. Maybe they're, it, it, it's causing them to second-guess themselves constantly. What are we seeing? What do you think uh, is, is happening there? Yeah, I think it's just... Uh, I think yeah, when you're when you're seeing how other people are living regularly on social media or watching mm-hmm. YouTube or whatever, it's either to play the comparison game and feel like you're not measuring up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not as good as so and so, or I'm far, I'm not as good an athlete, I'm not as pretty, or I'm not making as much money, or I don't have my life figured out. It seems like yeah. everyone else does. It, it makes sense why that would cause a lot of worry in your heart, um, and then you know. If you're, if you part of your cultural liturgy is not to be, okay, I'm spending time in the Word, I'm not in prayer, or I don't have maybe a solid home life, all that together, you, you do feel pretty lonely and isolated, and you can draw some pretty strong conclusions, like, where is God in all this? Mm. And so you were seeing a lower percentage, generally in Gen Z, uh, some studies say as low as only 4% have a biblical worldview. Yeah. And so the cultural narrative, the stories, the things they're listening and seeing and participating in, they're trying to have all these cheap substitutes and exchanges of what this will fill you up. This will really form you. This will make those shoes feel good. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, and it doesn't. And so yeah. it's a great opportunity, though, to step in um, you know, for that Gen Zer in your life of, hey, how can, I, how can I put them back to Jesus? How can I put them back to the Word? How can I, again, in this technocratic age, Point them back to, hey, Jesus wasn't superhuman. He mm. was human the way we were supposed to be. You mm. know, 
not Genesis 3, 4, Genesis 1 and 2. Right. right? This is we're creating his image. How could I push him back? How could I gently walk with them yeah. in that way? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think about the comparison game. This isn't exclusive to Gen Z. This is the 40-year-old getting on LinkedIn, seeing their buddies are getting promoted or they're getting this new new gig and, oh, I'm, I'm not too. Uh, I'm laughing about easy. LinkedIn because my LinkedIn profile has not been updated in a long time, so I just remember. We should all look that up. I mean, not that, that I need to go do it now. Too. I'm not looking. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> it's embarrassing how far behind it is. So. Yeah, yeah, a little far behind. <laughs> Let's stay in my game, Far Behind. That's our next podcast. That's the, that's the next series we're going to do. Far Behind. Far Behind. <laughs> Shoe shopping with Connor. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> So, John, those are some theoretical things. And normally we don't get down into the nitty gritty of like pragmatic things. What could you do? But let's go ahead and do that because maybe some people are wanting those like next steps or what are some small ways people could maybe, um, I don't want to say challenge, but nudge their Gen Z or right or help help yeah. guide them along as they maybe uh, try to build some resiliency or take some risks. Yeah, I think, you know, so much of this is just, this is kind of accidental like no one thinks of the unintended consequences or implications you know it just kind of we get lulled into things mm-hmm. a little bit and so i think you know this generation has become a little bit uh you know more risk adverse and maybe not have as many experiences yet those are things that uh, they crave i think just as humans we crave right yeah. we see jesus teaching it was experiential it wasn't just like sit down in the classroom in rows kind of thing and so you know, I would say uh, that's kind of an unintended consequence. So how could we help the next generation maybe take some some bold, uh, God-sized risks? Uh, I mean, appropriately. I'm not talking about just like, <laughs> okay, try to fly. Good luck, you know, and push them out. But, you know, maybe with age-appropriate things, it would be experiential. Right. Um, you know, I was with my, my small group of, of middle school guys, which there's a prayer request. Love those guys. But <laughs> just whew, that alone. when they all show up, it's 16 of them. That's a lot of dudes. It's a lot of smells. It's a, but lot I of mean, smells. <laughs> a lot of smells. And so, uh, but I was, we got into this conversation about who is Jesus and all that kind of stuff. And I said, hey, what about your, your middle schools, mm-hmm. you know, where you guys go? How many kids there do you think know the name Jesus? Mm-hmm. They were like, less than half. Yeah. And I was like, what do you think would happen, like, if you guys share Jesus there? Have you ever thought, like, what if Jesus has you in that school to do that? And they kind of mm-hmm. chuckled, like, your high little boys do right like ah, <laughs> and i was like no seriously yeah and they have never thought that thought yeah. and i was like did you know the disciples probably weren't much older than you guys yeah and they thought the disciples were you know like 80 years old or something you know yeah i was like what if god would like have you guys start praying you don't even know how to do it. that's like but what if we started teaching the next generation start praying for the kids at their school that don't know jesus yeah or for that neighbor like it just can we lean into that? Or and then on the other end of the spectrum, it may just be as practical as like when you run to the grocery, you know, take one of your kids with you and give them an assignment. Hey, go the next row over and find this for me. Sure. Simple little things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I'm like, you know, go drive the car when they're five or something, you know, but like <laughs> that's a little bit of risk. Yeah. Gives them a little bit of faith. And while you may be like, that's not spiritual formation, I, I would argue it starts teaching you to trust Jesus in some little things. Learn to say yes to mom and dad or grandpa or aunt, uncle or a teacher mm-hmm. or a coach. Yeah. All those things start forming uh, this positive habit of, okay, experiencing, walking with Jesus, saying yes to him, 
he always shows up when I take, you know, it's not that big of a risk because he's calling me to it. It's bold. Yeah. It's courageous. And there's this pretty good history of Jesus showing up when people do that. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, then just other practical thing, I would just say balance FaceTime and screen time. You yeah. Know? Um, Hard for us adults to do sometimes too. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm guilty of it. We all are, yep. but being intentional, uh, you know, and even what they're viewing in the amounts of time, but teaching little, you know, little things like look someone in the eye or make a handshake or, sure, you know, say hello to the Amazon person when they drop your package <laughs> off, anything, you know, just to like teach some of those soft skills mm -hmm. that I believe have a pretty big spiritual formation uh, implications. And so, uh, so yeah, th there's a couple of things. And of course, I would definitely say as they get a little bit older, increase those, those risks, if you will, and, and go on a mission trip, experience mm -hmm. another culture, uh, work, you know, Pray, do a prayer walk in your neighborhood and teach them, you know, who's someone in our neighborhood? Jesus may be inviting us to go love on or share. Or is there something that he, he's calling us to in our town or our city? And so modeling kind of, uh, you know, Jerusalem, Samaria to the ends of the earth yeah. uh, with our kids, uh, whether that's your small group or your, you know, soccer team or um, Sunday school class or your kids or whatever it may be. So, I don't know, a couple of ideas. Everybody's yeah. smart. They'll think of other things, but leaning into to prayer, some experience, and taking some age-appropriate risks, you know, with Jesus. Sure. And you can teach them, hey, you can get involved in missions right here in your own community, in your school, right. and in your neighborhood, whatever that looks like for you. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Uh, well, as usual, we, we always have someone come on and pray about the topic that we're talking about. Uh, we believe it's an important part of who... He's got a huge heart for the world and the Great Commission. Huge heart for the world and Great Commission. And as we talked about that whole Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and ends of the earth, uh, our guest, uh, Jace Martin, who works here at WGM, he also coaches uh, girls varsity basketball at a high school in the area. He's pretty good. Pretty good. He's got... He's got a son. He's, he's a busy guy, but he's got a heart for... He's also... He and his wife served in Spain... Uh, for a little while so he's got a heart for the world he has a heart for his community and he lives that out each day so jace is going to lead us in a time of prayer and scripture and then we'll come back listen to these words from jesus in matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. he says come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And we praise you for that, Jesus, because you don't weigh us down with heavy obligations or worries. Um, and in fact, you want to take those things from us. And so for the, the young people in our lives and in the world, we pray against comparisons, uh, games we play where we try to um, make ourselves look good compared to other people. We pray against isolation and hopelessness um, and the heavy burdens that young people feel like they need to carry. Uh, and on the other hand, we pray for um, nurturers for young people who can guide them through the maturation process and for counselors and resources that are helpful and accessible to battle against anxiety. Uh, we pray for secure, um, stable, loving presence in their lives and, and close relationships with adults who will decrease anxiety and, and give healthy ways to increase faith. We pray that young people who know you would, would give you their anxiety over and over again. And each time they're tempted to pick it back up, um, we pray that your spirit would nudge them to give it back to you. And for young people who don't know you, 
Uh, we pray that anxiety and worry would not be an obstacle, but would rather push them towards you, um, toward the God who takes those things away, that their anxiety would be what urges them to chase after a better way um, and accept the fact that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. We pray for parents and grandparents and guardians who are raising their children, um, who are raising young people, give them words to say and ears to hear um, the correct things, um, things that push young people toward you. We pray for patience um, as anxiety is something that is hard to explain and hard to articulate, especially for young people. We pray that the, the adults in their lives would be calm and considerate as they hear these things. And above all, God, we, we recognize that anxiety is not something that's from you, uh, but it is something you can use. And we pray that you would do that, that this young generation who we believe are gonna be world changers and who are uh, have the ability and the confidence um, to, to extend your kingdom to the ends of the earth. We pray that anxiety would not be, would not be a stumbling block for them. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thanks for taking the time to join us today, Jace. Prayer for the next generation. Thanks for all you're doing for the next generation as well in your day to day. And thanks to all of our listeners and those watching for joining us today for another episode of The Approach, which is a podcast where we pray for and walk with the next generation as they seek to use their gifts and talents and experiences to journey with Jesus and participate in the Great Commission. But we'd love to encourage you to begin inviting your friends to join us in this movement. As we believe God is stirring in the hearts of each generation, and as we seek to walk with and pray for the next generation, it will require more mentors and coaches like Jace and teachers and parents to do this work. So please share this with somebody who you think would love to come on this journey with us and be sure to like and subscribe and give a rating on your podcast platform of choice. And for some of our resources and show notes, check out the website at wgm.org forward slash podcast.